collection. We're so happy to have you here today. And today, let me tell you, is a special day. But before we get into what makes today so special, let me tell you something that you already know. The Raconteur Collection is a podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time and is hosted by two brothers, Jack and Charlie. Currently, the one you're listening to speak right now is Charlie, and he is probably the better one if we have to be honest. But enough about Charlie, who is perhaps the better one. Let's get into the uh, runner-up, Jack. Jack, how are you doing today? Now, I'm doing my Charlie impression to kind of show Charlie that he is not as good as he thinks he is. Um, That the matter of the fact is he is second to me, actually, even though he comes first to me chronologically for talking about uh, date of birth. So... No, I've, I'm, I've lost the try, but try, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Taking it easy. Um, Fun you know. fact, I am currently doing both voices at the same time, so you're really only listening to Charlie. There is no Jack. Yeah, we we have been told <laughs> that sometimes we do sound alike, so <laughs> it would be kind of funny to do an episode where like, once either of us could each Switch like impression each other down really well, that we just... <laughs> I don't know if we do a whole episode. That'd be kind of hard, but... You know... Anyways, regardless, Charlie, I'm doing good, taking it easy. Um, work's been fine. I wish it rained more here because I like it a lot when it rains. But, you know, hey, we're in Oklahoma, so what are you going to do? You know, keeping the place clean. I'm looking around, seeing if there's any, seeing if there are any other updates. Um, not really. Not really, honestly. So... Things are That's just kind of going, going as planned, you know? Like, yeah, nothing bad's going on. So, mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I think Laura's doing good. Laura, you doing good? Give me a thumbs up. And Ellie's supposed to be napping, but she's probably awake talking to herself, so. As children do. As children do. No, so I, I go up there to check on her, because we hear, we heard up there, I heard. I was like, what is she doing up there? And so I quietly go up there. And I see her like under the blankets. I hear, I'm like, what, what's going on? And so then I walk up and she's, and then she's opening like a, a, a package that's holding like pens or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I I took it from her and I was like, what are you doing? So it's just a little (laughs) funny, but. Excellent. Yeah. How are you? I am doing great. I had a pretty good week. Uh, back to work after my four days off, which was a really nice kind of restful oh, period. Baby. But, you know, I have a couple things. A couple things I want to bring up. Uh-oh. So first, we'll bring up we'll bring up the positive, right? Uh, last night, uh, Rhea, Araya, and The Last Dragon, you know, went off the Disney premiere access, which you had to pay, you know, what, 40 bucks for the movie. And it just is on regular Disney Plus now. So Kate and I watched it. Um... I really enjoyed that movie a lot. 
it was kind of interesting because I knew that review wise, it kind of hovered around like 7.5 range, but I uh, really enjoyed that movie. It had a, I will say that like for a movie, like a Disney movie that's aimed at kids, it had like a lot of really cool world building and like, I don't know, just the design of like the areas and the style of the movie was really cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely worth a watch. Definitely one that I think a lot of people are going to sleep on and a lot of people will kind of dismiss, but I think it's, uh, I think it's really good. You know, like it's definitely a Disney movie and it has, you know, I won't spoil it, but it has very much a Disney movie ending. And I, I was telling Kate, I kind of hope that at some point Disney can be okay with having movies that have, you know, not fairy tale endings where everything's wrapped up nicely. You see it a little bit with throughout their stories, you know, like in Lion King when, you know, Mufasa dies or something like that, where they give you a little bit of darkness, but they're always, it's something that's like kind of overcome immediately. Yeah. And I it's feel like, like older Disney movies. Sure. Yeah. I feel like older Disney movies capture that better. But yeah, there seems to be this like safety that people have to like build into their movies. And I, I kind of hope, especially for, you know, the talent and the storytelling and everybody, like all the talent, you know, people are just attracted to Disney in general. I kind of hope that they are able to move forward a little bit and say, you know what, like we're still going to make a kid's movie, but like a kid's movie doesn't have to be. All sunshine you know, and wrapped up. You know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like there can be like the funny bits and you know, there can be the bits that are for kids and that's totally fine. But like, I don't know. Cause like, I think back to the movies I watched as a kid, you know, we're talking about like, like Pinocchio and Pinocchio, you know, just, you know, other movies that were like a little, like had like darker endings or like, I mean, think about like the Hobbit is supposed to be a book for kids. Like, yeah, like Chronicles of Narnia. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's the like so much out there. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. like, uh, what book is it? The Silver Chair. That's a pretty mm, yeah. intense book for a kid. Um, I mean, yeah, this part where they're staying with the giants, you know, and they're basically, oh yeah, so we're gonna eat them, right? And they're trying to escape and all that kind of stuff, and you know, or you even have the last book of Narnia. Um, is I'm pretty sure it's called the Last Battle, right? Um, Correct. That that's a pretty dark book for most and the ending is just kind of like yeah so basically welcome to heaven everybody right <laughs> you know like it's it's kind of right it's it's kind of somber you know it's, it's yeah happy, but it's not you know like hey everything's okay it's kind of like well the world's yeah gone but use this and you know to be clear i'm not saying that like disney movies need to start showing like blood or like you know delve into like the game of thrones political stuff like i'm not saying that at all i'm saying that like i think including themes especially themes like um like self-sacrifice or like loss i think mm -hmm. you know disney has an opportunity to kind of like introduce kids to those themes and show how their characters deal with you know really big life-changing events like that which i've always thought that was kind of cool about disney is that they do do that like you know but at the same time, I don't know, you know, I'm going to be what, 29 this year. So it's like, I'm not really the target demographic for Disney movies, but I still enjoy them. So I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was, uh, you know, kind of oh, interesting. What a tangent. Ray and the Last Dragon, definitely a watch. Definitely a watch. Really cool.
good in fact jack like i would recommend like you guys watch it tonight like i think it's really good tonight i don't know about tonight but maybe tomorrow but the other thing i wanted to bring up jack you know we usually talk about how our weeks have been and like you know go on little tangents i kind of want to embrace that a little bit and like like actually you just did yeah and like use the beginning so you know just talk about like the things that we've been dealing with and like you know the thoughts that were going through our head like over the weeks before we kind of jump into the main topic but the other one i want to bring up to you jack and i maybe you can relate to this maybe you can't but i lately for the past i would say really since i finished working on manelica the book you know and after i gave out some copies i've been feeling kind of aimless in a creative way like and this is kind of extended to even like shows music video games are a little bit of an exception because i just found a really good video game that i really enjoy Mm -hmm. but i've been having trouble like finding something that's like scratching the itch i have and it's maybe because i don't know what the itch is but i feel like you know I, i feel like i'm looking for something very specific but I can't yeah. find it. Like I can't find the right book. I can't find the right music. I can't find the right thing to write about or the right story. Like there will be like these little things like, oh, I want to write about that. But then I start and I'm like, doesn't doesn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, you know, kind of toss it over to you and see like if you felt like that before or if you feel like that now or if this is just totally, totally like a me thing where I'm like. <laughs> well, so I think I think a lot of people do struggle with something like this you know but kind of each in their own way like you specifically it's more like now that you've completed this large project and you're kind of waiting for you know feedback and you kind of you want you want to not think about it for a little while you know what i mean but mm-hmm. what, as you do that you're like well then what am i going to think about what is going to inspire me to do my next thing or what's going to you know do whatever for me like i'm kind of that way but when it comes to learning and pursuing things more than just like on a surface level as far as create you know creatively so whether that be with um music whether it be with writing whether it be with learning a new software or new programs or like kind of starting i'm very much um it's kind of funny because my name is jack but i'm more i'm a jack of all trades but not a master of anything and so like i know a lot about a lot of different things but it's so hard for me to focus on one thing it's like uh I'll see something, oh, it's scratching the itch, and then the itch moves to somewhere else. I'm like, ah, not into that anymore. You know, you know what I mean? Right. And so it's it's hard for me to put all of my creative energies or my efforts to learn to do it in a more efficient way, uh, to, you know, really make something I'm super proud of. And I'm not sure if it's that the you know, the learning curve is what's intimidating to me, or if I am just you know, flaky in that aspect. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, you know, but I can kind of relate in a way that for me, it's hard to get my foot more than just in the door. I need to, it's hard for me to like actually step in and like immerse myself in one thing. So I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but maybe on a, on like a different level, which would make sense. Cause you know, we're all different people, but so two things in response to that, for you, Jack, I wonder if... So I talked about this with one of my old roommates, Sean, and we... So he... We were, you know, we both were in the same writing classes throughout college and stuff, but he was uh, 
he's also an artist as well. And he was talking to me, God, this was probably maybe a year ago, but it's something that's kind of stuck with me throughout like my, you know, most currently in my current part of my life is that whenever you practice a new skill or learn something new, you improve really quickly. So it's like, say you want to get better at drawing, you know, so you start delving into everything. So you start learning about shading, you start learning about, you know, and you grow really fast because a lot of, you know, skill and talent comes through like specific things you can do or specific things like especially with like writing like you can structure your sentences in a certain way I am not the best writer so I don't want to make it sound like that but you know there are ways you can make your book sound better even if like you're telling a story that's been told before you know what I mean but after that quick period of growth you hit a plateau where it levels out because ultimately when it comes to any type of creative skill or any type of job or hobby or anything, ultimately time and practice will, you know, take the place of that skill and knowledge and you'll be able to like naturally start to do things. And it's that plateau, that thing where things flat out and you stop seeing the progress that is challenging to deal with. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm feeling that right now with, like working out where I feel like when I first started working out, like back in January, I hit like saw saw results like really quickly. But now I feel like at a point where I kind of like hit the ceiling of like the easy gains. And now I'm in like the maintaining and additive and slow process. You know what I mean? Cause it's for some reason our brains are designed to be like, man, this didn't change over the course of a week. What is going on? Like, I'm I'm not skinny. I'm not in shape. What what's going on? But you don't think, well, you know, for the past four years, I literally wasn't caring about what I ate. I really wasn't caring about if I worked out at all. You know what I mean? Like, and so then you compare that to, well, okay, I've been working out for five six months. You know, what dent have you really made? So it's like you kind of have to like balance that. So for you that might be like a helpful thing to know is that, you know, things do level out, but that's kind of a natural uh, progression of. Yeah. I mean, a good thing for me is at the beginning of the year I bought, cause there was on sale. I bought Duolingo for a year as a kind of a help a gateway to help me kind of learning a language. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, all month to month. It was like 40, 30 bucks for the year. And I was like, that's not a bad deal at all. So I got it and I haven't really used it except for that first month. You know what I mean? But I look back and, or how days were. So I was, I chose, at first I was learning Norwegian. I took that for a while. And then I was like, but I don't know if I really want to learn that. And so after like a few months, I stopped doing that. And then I moved on to Japanese. Because like, well, I've been, the Japanese has been, you know, in my music, you know, in shows, in the culture. Uh, it's really fascinating to me. Um, all kinds of stuff. And it'd be fun one day to go visit, you know, not not just be like a tourist, but actually be someone who like, can get immersed and enjoy everything. Do you know what I mean? Right. And not just on the, oh, let's go here and see the sights and then whatever. It's actually like take it all in and really kind of absorb it. Mm -hmm. And I really haven't been doing the lessons or anything. And it just sucks because I was talking to Noah last night, one of our patrons, uh, and also a good longtime friend. I was talking to him last night. And I was like, man, if I had stuck with it, you know, at the beginning of the year, just think about where it would be now. I'd, right. I'd probably not be like amazing, but like I'd know way more than I know now. 
And it's just kind of like, I need to learn how to use that as motivation and not like I, I lost time. But no, it's like, think about how you're feeling now. You can change that and feel the good you would feel, you know, if you elapse that same time with, you know, just like, oh, 30 minutes, an hour a day. And so it's hard for me to, I guess, be on a schedule. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to schedule myself. And so I often wonder if I was either taking a class or I was there's some kind of obligation for me to do something, if that would be the kick I need rather than just, yeah, I can do that today or I have time today. You know what I mean? I don't know, though. It's it's something I struggle with. Definitely. Right. right. And two, the second point in referring to myself, I really like that point you you brought up about how you have that itch and it'll scratch it, but then it'll move. For me, it feels like, you know, you have that spot on your back that just is like you need to scratch and you're trying to get it and you get so Mm -hmm. close and it just makes the spot itchier. That's what it feels like for me. Like I can never quite reach that spot. Like maybe I get a finger and I touch it. I'm like, oh, that feels really good. And I'm like, ah, but then no, you know what I mean? (laughs) No. But, uh, you know, that all sounds really negative and I don't mean it to be in a negative way. It just feels like more of like a period of transition and something. And I especially think you just said it and, uh, you know, Kata said it as well that, you know, I just did finish a big project and that kind of leaves a void. Like I had all of this creative energy and all of this time pushing toward one thing. And now that it's done and I have mm-hmm. all the freedom, it's like the freedom is kind of uh, suffocating. It's like, oh man, like I could do anything, but yeah. oh no, I could do anything. And it's a weird, it's a weird place to be in because, you know, I think for so long I was working on the same thing. So, but you know, I'm sure it'll be a positive thing, but I'll I'll keep you guys updated as the weeks roll yeah, and by. Yeah, I, I just want to say I think I think it's good, just something good to talk about because I know like a lot of people, especially in our age range, kind of are dealing with stuff like this right now. You know, kind of what direction do I take? Where do I go? How do I get there? And all that kind of stuff. And so I think I know we didn't answer anything, but I think it's just kind of good to be like, hey, right. like you know, just. Even though it might be obvious, it is, I think, nice just to hear that, oh, like, I'm not alone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, I mean, you're almost 30. I'm almost 30 as well. Right. And we're still, you know, trying to find the direction we want to go. Yeah. So, if yeah. any of our younger listeners or siblings are listening, you know, like, it's, I think it's just part of the human experience. And if you're lucky enough to find that direction, you feel good about it, dude, that's great. Like, keep keep going for it. You know what I mean? So. Right. And what better way? I mean, everybody... Way. And what <laughs> way? I'm now telling the computer exactly what it can do with the lifetime supply of chocolate. <laughs> I sound like he was really upset. He is really upset when he said so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you that would be cheating. <laughs> I'm now telling the computer... If you telling... I'll split with him. The grand prize. What would a computer do with a lifetime supply <laughs> of chocolate? <laughs> oh, but man, what? Everyone who's listening to that whole tangent, they're like, man, it's been almost 15, 20 minutes. Where's the episode start? Little did you know that this episode is all about inspiration. You probably did know because it's in the title. And, you know, 
good for you. You you won. But in order to maybe scratch that itch or to find the right one, this week's episode is going to be all about inspiration. And when I, uh, you know, Jack and I were kind of going back and forth in Discord about what we wanted to really focus on. And we each picked five things that inspire us. And it can be, you know, I as we kind of move into this new chapter, I really like delving into kind of the more abstract emotional things. I believe, or even on our Discord, uh, Michael was one of our patrons. Michael was saying that he kind of wanted to do those more ambiguous ones where we talk about more of like a theme or a yes. feeling. And I think that's a really good idea because that opens us up to talk about so many different things. And then it also gives us more doors, which I think is great because when we do, you know, the two towers, I love doing the two towers, but, and yes, we could do an episode over the books and, you know, delve into it. There could be a whole podcast series devoted to Lord of the Rings. I know, but you know, you do two towers and it's done and it's over. But I think when we do these more ambiguous and more, you know, maybe emotional topics like inspiration that might open more doors for us to where we could bring up something in there and people could latch onto that and say, Hey, we want to hear more about why Charlie likes X or why Charlie likes Y being stupid. You know what I'm exactly why Charlie is stupid. That could be a whole episode and gosh, I could talk a long time about that myself, (laughs) but pregnant pause, Jack, if you don't mind, I'll get to start off, or I'll start us yes, off here sir. with my first inspiration, which I would not be surprised if it's on your list because we haven't talked about it. I wanted to kind of keep them fresh for you know each other. No, no, I honestly, I kind of, I thought about my topics, and besides maybe two of them, I think we're all gonna have different ones. I think cool. they're all gonna be different. So this one I could see being on yours. I could, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't though. But my first inspiration, something I had to go back to because. I feel like it is such a giant part of my life, but such a small part of my life as well. But that is the weather. And we're talking specifically about rainstorms, snow, thunderstorms. (sighs) Yeah. 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 In my notes, I wrote down, you know, what does inspire me about the weather. It's the feeling. It's the atmosphere. There seems to be a very, and I don't know if this is in my head, And if I had been born in a different place or a different time, I might feel the same way about like, oh, a sunny spring day. But there's something about cold, windy, rainy days at night when it snows and everything's quiet. You know, there's something about that that feels very like a very deep seated connection to my soul. And I don't know why. And it's something that I never am quite able to articulate, but it's something that I've always loved. I mean... There's something about like the mood and the feeling of just that aspect of the world that really like connects with me. And so to, you know, to sit on one specifically talking about rain and thunderstorms. So, you know, as I think most people who listen to the show know, but if you don't, that's totally fine. Welcome. Jack and I live in Oklahoma, so we live right in Tornado Alley. So we get tons of very like tumultuous and big thunderstorms. And this may sound strange, but I think what resonates with me so much is that when it rains, and this is kind of the same when it snows as well, it makes the world feel 
very small and kind of isolated. There's something about how the rain house kind of like covers everything. It robs the world of a lot of like the background noise. So you just hear like the storm or, you know, the sound of the, the rain car or passing by a car or... passing by, but you can just tell. And there's a feel in the air and there's like a, I don't know, there's just a quietness and a somberness to it that really resonates with me. And I've, yeah. I've always loved it. I mean, I remember I brought it up on the show before, but when I used to go outside and just role play and act out different like early story ideas it would always be when it was raining like i would specifically be like oh it's raining let me go outside and that would always like tie into like that kind of creative emotional state and so maybe that's why but yeah jack the weather i mean i knew yeah it, so is this one on I mean, your list yeah so this one is on my list awesome. I, I figured i was like this is one that you and i <laughs> might have in common yeah and i think our whole family does but yeah, there's always been something about rain for me specifically. Um, snow, I do like, but I think rain, especially when it's like in between like 50, any between 50 mm. and 70 degrees mm. and it rains, any kind of rain, misting, sprinkling, heavy, whatever. I It is probably the time that I am like just the most content when I'm just at like at a base level. So I wake up on a sunny day. Oh, sunny day. You know, cool. Sun's out. Glad this right. out. Rainy day. I'm like, oh, it's cozy. I want, <laughs> exactly, I want to clean, yeah. op- like open the door, you know, like, and I want to have a cup of coffee. I want to go see Charlie, you know, working at Starbucks. I'm going to walk down there, drive down there, grab a drink. Or there's just something so special about, especially when it's just a light misting and you can walk in it without getting drenched or, you know, whatever about you know got your music going and there's just something relaxing and meditative about it and i mean i have some great early memories from my childhood like one i woke up early and our mom was making i don't she's only done like once or twice she was making homemade donuts and i remember walking out into the kitchen the back door is open you know and rain with a large tree in the backyard you know right rain was coming down and there's coffee. Dad was playing like his smooth like jazz tunes or whatever. Um, and I was just like, this is probably like the best morning I've ever had. You know, like super like good, like homey smells, the music, the atmosphere. It was just all it was it was perfect, you know. And so anytime it rains, I'm just always kind of like taken back to that time. And it's a very it almost feels like a like a reset in a way mm-hmm. um without anything being reset and there are even games that have rain are some of my favorite parts in games or yeah again i remember i can bring up tarkov when it rains in tarkov it's so much fun to like run through the rain you get inside and you just hear it pitter powdering outside you know as you're looting through some coats and you know, the electronic store you just hear it you know coming down it's it's always a very i don't know it's just it's a vibe you know to be real you know hip with it it's a vibe so (laughs) yeah no it it's very i mean i I love everything you said because it really does seem there i mean like okay to take it back and to maybe you know take a step back here it a lot of people the rain and that kind of inclement weather depresses them and maybe like puts them into a shell But for me, it kind of does the opposite where it's like I get more excited and I can feel my brain start to like 
shift gears and I like start to like function better. Now, I've never been in a place where it rains the majority of the time because it does not rain. I mean, it rains plenty in Oklahoma, but it doesn't rain like all all the time. You know, mm-hmm. so I haven't been in like a city where it rains or a place where, you know, it's always overcast, but God, like the idea of that, I'm like, that sounds great. You know, Bring give me on, a place yeah. that's 50, 60 degrees most of the time. Maybe the upper highs are like 70s, almost 80. Give me like some, you know, light sun with some clouds on the horizon. Perfect. You know, and like you I said, mean, there was I, that one. Yeah, go ahead. There's that one time earlier. I think it was earlier this year when it rained for like three days straight. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I was like, when was the last time it ever did this year? Yeah. But I remember being like, this is the best three days ever. You know, it was felt real productive. Um, I liked going outside to grab things. I liked having our sliding door open at the time. You know, cleaning, all that kind of stuff. It was just like, it, I don't know. It's For me, it helps me feel more productive. And I'm not sure if it's just because like, oh, it's raining. I can't really go outside, so might as well make the best of what I can mm. do inside. You know that's what I mean? Point. Maybe that's a part point. of it. Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, I just wanted to throw that in real quick. No, I mean, that's the weather was the first one I put on this list, mainly because I knew that it would probably be on yours as well. And it's just one of those things where, like you said, it very much just is a vibe. Like, there are people who, and no fault to these people, like, but there are people who don't like the rain, who love the sun. And, you know, I don't mind the sun at all. Like, Kate hates the sun. She doesn't like it at all. I don't really mind the sun. It doesn't bother me. You know, but if I had to choose, rain all the time. And then I wanted to bring up just, you know, if you want to talk about very quiet, isolated parts of life, The night of like a fresh snow, if you go outside and it's like heavily snowing, everything's covered and everything's quiet. Like there is something about that in the sky, especially here, you know, the city lights combined with just the overcast. It gives this guy like a very dark, muted kind of like auburn color, like almost like purpley. You know, there's something about that color that like, oh. It just gets me. And there's just like a quietness to everything. And and yeah, I just, I dig it. And that was my first inspiration because, Definitely. you know, if I, when I think of the first thing, I'm like, oh man, what's inspiring? That's that's what I think of. You know, it was a real world thing. Mm-hmm. But Jack? Yeah, I mean, that, that was one of mine too. So I think we're both down to four now. So yeah, I'll talk that over you for the next one. Can you? Go right so ahead. So this one, um, I'm doing my most surface level one. And then I guess slowly getting more deeper. But not really like, you know, like, oh, like, oh, that's heavy. But just like, you know, things that are just closer to me. So the next one that's kind of on top, rain was going to be my second. But this one is just having a um, things that like inspire me to be more productive and more active, especially inside, uh, is after a deep clean of the house and you light, you light like a candle or incense to like kind of like signify done cleaning you know what i mean like a cleansing yes you clean the house and you have that, to cleanse the house that yeah. is always like one of the best feelings you're like okay laundry's mm. all done mm. dishes are drying like in the dishwasher or you manly dried mm. them or whatever yeah. you know if you have a cast iron skillet you have that all prepped for the next meal you know clothes are hung up or folded uh bathrooms all clean the trash has been taken out vacuumed all that kind of stuff like the beginning that deep clean is always a little intimidating because you're like, where do I start? Yep. yep. 
But once you get into it, you mm. just kind of get into the rhythm, and it is so nice. I can't tell you how many Got times podcast, Laura, audio Laura and I have. Yeah, yeah. Laura and I, so sometimes Laura, all by herself, because I'm at work or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, we'll deep clean. Like, I'll get home some nights, and she'll have, like, basically, like, deep clean the apartment, and it looks so good. And I'm, I get home, and I'm just like, oh, my God, thank you. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm so grateful, because I can get home and just relax i'm not like oh i gotta do some dishes or do this or whatever you know it's just it's all done and then when you maintain that for a couple of days uh that's always super nice too because then it it just feels it helps me feel more at ease more relaxed just on a a baseline because there's Mm -hmm. nothing in the back of my head where it's like well i want to play a game but i do gotta do laundry it's just kind of like nah you can do that for 30 minutes an hour because you did everything else yesterday. You know what I mean? So deep cleaned house and since always it helps inspire me to just be more productive and less stressed. Um, just overall, because you're having to worry about less. It's a great one. It's a great one. Yeah. I mean Do you want to hear ch- Chuck the Rock back over to you? My second one. Number two. I was kidding. No, 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 no. My second one two. is uh one that anyone who I think knows me and knows like, especially like the type of things I like to do. So if I've been your dungeon master or if you're currently reading the oh, book gosh. that I wrote, you know, this one will fit right in. And probably one of the most inspiring things that has come from this world, you know, or a world that's, you know, not, you know, a specific this media, world. but is mythology. I... Mm. Got so and this can be. I mean, we're talking Greek, Norse, Eastern mythologies. I mean, we're talking about any type of mythology, Native American mythology. I got. I can't tell you how inspiring that kind of stuff to me is. And it just. I think it all comes down to. I love how the people of the old world. You know, like, and this is funny. I was talking about decay about this. Like, you know, we don't. We know history. We can go back to like, you know, 1800s. We can go back. But you start going further and further back and there's just less and less information. Yeah. I mean, we talk about history where like the Library of Alexandria burned down. And this is in an era where, you know, people don't, we're not copying books. We're not. How many stories and history was lost when that library burned down? You know what I mean? But that all all of that kind of like comes to a head with mythology and basically you have people telling stories to explain their world and how the world was formed and i love that stuff i mean norse mythology has been big recently just with marvel movies you know and their take on norse mythology and then games like god of war i mean like north mythology and there were like vikings you know what i mean like yeah, North it's very, it's a very in really right big, now. very in, and it's so good. I mean, and then even going to I, the game I just started playing, Hades, is all a take on the Greek gods. And I, what I love about Hades is it almost takes this really intense, a game like a Dead Cells roguelike, but then it combines it with a story that's almost feels like a. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but it almost feels like a dating simulator where they like give the characters really in-depth traits. There's like this really continuing story. You can give gifts to people. 
you know, you can make choices that will upset certain characters. And that whole thing is always playing through as you're playing the game. Interesting. And it's just awesome. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is, yeah, is that explanation of the unknowns of our world. I mean, you know, we're talking about like these peoples who are like, oh, hey, how is the world formed? Well, this giant, you know, we used his eyebrows to create the people and then we used his body to create the mountains. And you're like, what now? No, that mountain is supposed to be a giant body. Yeah, that yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Or and then we can't forget as well the I mean, pardon my language, but just the fucking weirdness that mythology, the incest and like the bestiality and like you're like why were people why was this their version of yeah. gods? Or even if like where the gods were like children just, and then Zeus had like cut open his belly before they were digested or whatever, you know? Exactly. It's like, you're like oh, ha- Zeus has to kill his father. Zeus is sleeping me? with everybody. Zeus yeah. hated this person or it's, Zeus's wife hated this person. So he made the wife fall in love with a bull. And that's how yeah. the Minotaur came. And it's you're really like, interesting how all of this mythology, wh- and all these worlds were created as ways to explain what was going on in the world mm. as we know it. You know what I mean? And so now it's, yeah. oh, raining. Oh, it's kind of an unusual looking sky out there tonight. Now we know it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the sky looks like, looks like that when there's, you know, uh, more circulation in the clouds, when there might be a tornado, you know, and it kind of gets that orangish red color, you know what I mean, or whatever. And mm-hmm. the back in the day, you go back thousands of years. How do you explain that? You know, like, yeah. That'd be horrifying. All you know is these blue skies. You know, you don't know why it's there. You don't know what's causing it. The sun comes up every day. I mean, you have all these things that are basically to... That people kind of start doing as rituals to bring forth like a new season. Because, you know, they didn't know that, hey, it's going to happen regardless if we do anything or not. Do you know what I mean? But they're like, oh, please let the rains come. The rains always come at this time of year, so... It ends mm-hmm. up working out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's well, it's always interesting that just especially like early ancient man, just their their ways right. of like learning and explaining the world, learning about and explaining the world were just so we couldn't understand the way they were thinking now. Like it's almost impossible for us to actually understand right. why they thought the way they did. Because we know so and, much more. Right. And I mean we're talking about too, like societies and stuff that originated together and then split off through different parts of the world and so you have the same stories but just different versions of the stories yeah i mean we can even look back at like gilgamesh and there's a flood that happens at gilgamesh i mean there's a flood that happens in the bible i mean like you know like it's very clear that there were these like dramatic events that happened that people felt the need to pass down and to explain and it really could just be, hey, we need to explain that our world is weird and why. And that could be it. Or there could be other involvement. But we don't know. And we'll never know. And I, I just love that. I mean, like, Jackie brought up a really good one. Like, the whole story of, like, why we have seasons is you have, um, what is her name? Is it Demeter? I Forgive me. I pronounced that wrong. And then Demeter. Demeter's no. daughter. Yeah, Demeter. I don't know. Her daughter, Persephone, was taken to the underworld by Hades. And Zeus was like, hey, you got to get Persephone back. And Hades is like, no, she's already eaten a pomegranate. She's stuck down here with me, suckers. And they're like, well, okay. Well, you can keep her for three months. And 
Demeter, I guess you're just going to have to deal with that sadness. Oh, wait, you're the god of like harvest and life and spring. Well, that's why that we have a winter that kills everything. Because those three months, those are the three months that Hades has Persephone. You know what I mean? And then spring is when she comes back to the world. And it's just like, what a weird way to describe just the passions of seasons. Like just, that's the understanding. That's the story. Yeah, I mean, you also have- That's the reason why. Love that stuff. One of my favorite, like, just symbols uh, from history is the Ouroboros, you know, and how that has been taken and- you know, kind of turned to its own thing through so many different cultures. Um, although we we believe it started like in ancient well, Egyptian. Well, you know what the best Uroboros stuff. is? What during the Gray? Gray album? Yeah, Uroboros. Best. Best. I'm scared. And you can't just say, "Oh, it's Uroboros." It's Uroboros. Uroboros. Yeah. No. No, but I mean. But Jack, that's a that's cool stuff. That was my big one. Very inspiring to me. It's just mythology. So definitely, <laughs> I could toss it back to you. I know. I feel like I, I'm taking up a lot of time. No, dude, of this particular. So I, I got one. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm looking at the other two. Uh, which one I want to bring up here? Um, like if I want one that relates to you, or if I want one that relates to just me personally, I'll do the one that's me personal first. So one of my biggest inspirations came about a couple years ago when Laura and I got together. Um, Ellie. Uh, our daughter is, you know, probably one of the biggest inspirations that I could ever possibly have. Not to, you know, like inspire me to do something great, but to always be the very best that I can be. And it's, hmm. you know, being a father to her has been one of the like most, you know, amazing, difficult happiest like things i've ever done in my life you know what i mean like there's there's ups and there are downs good days and bad days and it's just this you know it is very special you know the first time that she was like oh like your dad you know what i mean um it it was just it's very it's hard to it's hard to describe really but Mm -hmm. just the way that she you know, she looks at the world through these pure eyes and it just makes me think of, all right, my parents raised me you know, pretty well. How can I do, you know, an even better job? How can I provide all the opportunities I can for her? You know, what can I do to make life the best I can for her? You know, and so that that inspires me to really kind of push myself to do the best that I can and all facets right mm-hmm. facets of my life mm-hmm. and so you know like she is like oh dad like i want to you know i want a piano okay well here i'll get you a piano and then i'm like well maybe i should like actually learn piano myself or at least some basics so i can teach her you know or dad i want to do skateboarding okay it's like well maybe i should get a skateboard and then we can learn together you know like just all these bonding opportunities as she you know, yeah. gets older and becomes her own person, um, inspires me to really, you know, kind of look deeper into myself and, you know, share all these experiences with her and lead her to be the best person that she can be as she gets older. So, you know, very, per- very personal one to me, but yeah. No, yeah, that's definitely, you know, a big deviation just within 
our lives is the fact that like you have a daughter now, you know, and that like you being a parent, I think you just, you definitely grow in different ways and you look at the world in a very different way. I mean, that's something that like, I, I think a lot of people, you know, parents that are happening or people who are want to have kids, like you have all these ideas of how it's going to be and what it could be like. But then when it actually happens, there's the reality of it, which is going to be always different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just a, it's just a ride. Like you strap yourself in and, you know, you don't know if you can do everything right, but you're going to hope that you can. And I can't imagine, you know, the pressure, but then also, you know, like you said, the inspiration that comes from that is because, you know, suddenly you're not just responsible for you, you know, you're not just responsible for your well-being. You know, it's you're responsible for this child as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I think that's a great one, Jack. It's a great one. Yeah, I was like, I'll get the n- the close, near and dear personal one out of the way because <laughs> I don't get too emotional or anything right now. But it definitely, you know, right. It has been a very life changing experience to go through it and to go through it like with Laura as well. You know, like just both of us being parents mm-hmm. and you know, just I don't know. It's been a very I, I'm very glad that this is the, you know, journey I'm taking in my life, um, and it mm-hmm. it gives me I think like a, a big sense of responsibility that I feel like I didn't know I needed to really push me to be the best that I can be each day for her. So, right, yeah, you know, so going from mythology, <laughs> I wanted to like talk about I think kind of a it was hard for me to put a term to it that would describe it but this has been i think one that has always fascinated me but only within the last three-ish years have i really you know tuned into what this is and this one i simply has labeled as edges of the map so in a lot of fantasy books and a lot of media there's this idea of like exploring beyond the edge of the map i mean we see this in the voyage of the dawn treader to bring it back to chronicles of narnia a lot of of it comes and right you know so i think it starts there for me because that whole story is about going beyond the edge of the map and seeing what lies in the weird places in the far reaches of the world oh it's so good when they when they're getting there so good yeah, there is something deeply like linked to me in that where I am just fascinated. And I think what really put it into perspective for me is I watched this video by this YouTuber I'd highly recommend. He does a lot of Game of Thrones content, but I think his channel's name is Alt Shift X. But he just he breaks down what is the edges of the map of Westeros or, you know, the Game of Thrones world. But you go when you start giving into like the edges. So for example, I'll start here. So within the edges of the game of Thrones world, there is another continent. So you have Westeros, right? And then you have Essos in the -hmm. East. I wonder where the names come from. But then if you go South, there's a place called Sothorios and it's just this green hell area, dense forest, pirates, slavers, monsters. But within this forest, there's this old ruined city of kind of like unspeakable evil called the city of Yin that's made of this oily black stone. 
and the stone is so evil that no plants grow over it. So the whole city is overgrown, but you still have these sculptures of black stone, and nobody can explain why that is. They even say that there's a dragon rider who spent three years flying over this continent trying to find the southern border, and they could never find it. And you're like, those mysteries to me, and just those hints of like history and mythology, oh, God, that gets me, man. I love that type of stuff. And I mean, we're talking about like, this goes back to like, I mean, stuff like Treasure Island, finding hidden islands. We're talking, video games do this, I feel like, especially well. But man, like, there is something about like the mysteries of what could be out there. And my next one kind of very closely ties to this. But, you know, there's something like so compelling about the edges of the map. One of my favorite things to do when I was writing Manilica is fill out the world and say, you know, hey, so on the southern coast, there's this landmark that the people call the Unmade City, but the place is so toxic and harsh and unprotected that nobody can get around it. And the only people that have seen it have been sailors who sail around the coast and their trade routes. And so you just have these stories about the Unmade mm-hmm. City. What is that? Who, what happens there? Who knows? You know, I love kind of like planting those seeds and the seeds planted by other people, even if they're, I mean, George R. R. Martin has been very like open with saying like a lot of the stuff he's filled out, he took from HP Lovecraft. And so that's where you kind of find like oily black stone, weird fish people. I mean, like, yeah. so a lot of that originates from that, but man, there's something about kind of that lore and the history in the world that is so exciting to me. I mean, I feel the same way. I brought it up earlier, but like early world stuff. I mean, we don't know what the world was like. You know, I mean, we know a lot about like for the Romans, for example. But we know that they were incredibly advanced. And we know that their civilization fell. And then we, you know, eventually hit the Dark Ages. And I mean, they were called the Dark Ages because we yeah. lost a lot. And so it's like, you, it's just, there's like a... I don't know what it is. I mean, like Black Mirror, yeah. Twilight Zone. I mean, like all of these things kind of feed into that, like, but what's out there? X-Files. You know what I mean? Like all these like mysteries of like, oh, well, what's really happening? What really happened? And the fact that you can go out and find the answer or the fact that you could never find the answer is just really compelling. It's yeah, really it's, inspiring. I love It's kind of crazy to think that I mean, there are so great. many different civilizations throughout you know, mankind's brief history on this world that have like the, some seems so advanced for their time. And then, you know, snap, something happens and we're back down to like almost square one again, you know? And cause like Rome, they had like irrigation and waterways and all this kind of stuff, you know? And then you go back, you go to, you know, the medieval, like the medieval age and they're just throwing their waste in the streets. You know what I mean? It's like a thousand, right. Like almost 2000 years later, give or take, you know, like it's so it's it's really interesting that there are these ups and downs. And but yet at the same time, it gives way to for all these different stories to come out about. You know, the what ifs and I'm and one of the best examples is the reason um, Cyclopses became such a prominent figure in mm-hmm. not only like old like mythologies and stories, but it's, you know, just kind of in fantasy is because someone's found an elephant skull and it looks like a mm-hmm. like a human skull basically like a cyclops but yeah I know exactly what you're talking about their yeah. trunk there's no it's all cartilage and so when that's not there it's just this hole in the middle of their head you know and so someone looked at that and i was mm-hmm. like 
mm-hmm. what in the world is this? And so obviously it was a human with a giant eye in its face. And so that's where that's what they believe to be where Cyclopses came from. You know what I mean? And so you go back and you see like these dinosaur bones we have or all this kind of stuff and you're we can never know what it looks like because an elephant skull does not look right. like an elephant skull. Right. So it's it's you know, yeah. we think we know what dinosaurs look like, but they could literally look like anything. So it would right. be interesting to see if we can ever figure out what exactly. these things actually look like. But until then, you know, it's all just stories. So, yeah. So, Jack, I, I realized looking at my list here that I have two more than you. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into my what? fourth one. And then we'll talk about our fifth ones. I'll let you go do your fifth one. Then I'll do my fifth. Yeah, one. I, I, I can do some I can do some honorable mentions. So but uh, two, I think tying directly to. I mean, I think three of mine all fit into very, like, they fit really nicely. So you have mythology. Mm-hmm. You have the edges of the map. Real quick. Sorry, yeah. real quick. I should say edges of the map. Where I first felt that the most was when I first played Oblivion. Oh. Yeah. And you hear no. all the stories about the, exactly. the marshes and all that kind of stuff. And you look at the Valen edges Wood. of the map and you're like, oh, Morrowind. Oh, you know volcano. what I mean? Like, yeah. just that sense of wonder. I just, I just forgot no. that I you know wanted to mention it's, that. So. It is exactly that. Yeah. Like, there is. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, what? where does that go for me? So I think where a lot of that edges of the map energy is funneled into me is through and goes into my fascination of space and the vast existence of just the universe. You know, I often think like in my past life, it would have been the ocean and what lies beyond the horizon. You know, it would have been, Mm -hmm sailing across the ocean for the first time and not knowing what you're going to find. And while here on earth, you know, we have the bottom of the ocean, which is still really not explored at all because it's so hard to, but that interest, you know, I think it now for me extends into space and I got gotcha, I can't tell you. So I, I found in my life that it either goes one of two ways for people. One, people look at space and they're kind of horrified by it because they start, we start talking about distances and, you know, heavenly objects, solar systems, other galaxies that are hundreds of thousands of light years away, black holes, Mm -hmm. stars that are light years across. And we start to like, it starts to just be, (coughs) pardon me, it starts to be too big. And, but that's what's so fascinating about it for me. I mean... I can specifically point, there was a point where I watched this video, a short five minute video about the Laniakea supercluster, which is like a supercluster of galaxies that are all like converging together over hundreds and billions, trillions of years. And how there are these great empty spots in space called voids and super voids. And it's just like, why? Why is it like that? I mean, the idea of black holes that like swallow everything. And, you know, I've watched these videos that theorize, you know, trillions of, we're talking billions of trillions of years into the future when all that's left are the great black holes and how even black holes vary. I mean, we're talking, I mean, we're talking so slow that it's infinite for us, how they will eventually go out, how black holes lose their mass slowly over time. Yeah. And oh, it'd be such a cool game. 
You know, like it just and it so like stories that take place that explore space or bring in those concepts or things that have to do with the very fabric of how everything was formed. It's fascinating to me. Like it just there's something so like it very much is like an explorer thing. And I mean, like I the, the specific example I picked for this was No Man's Sky. I mean there so that game i really love that game it's not the best game but there's something about being on this alien planet getting information getting some resources then you take off you fly away from the planet go land on another one and then you realize god but god there's hundreds of billions of planets out there there's hundreds of billions of solar systems out there there's trillions of stars i mean this scope of these things and like how big everything is, is just wild. And it's just, there's something very captivating about that for me, like captivating about the mystery and the size and the reason and the questions like that to me is so like a very, very core and central part of me where it's like, God, if I could be alive during like, mankind's you know when we start to reach into the stars after we've colonized mars and the moon and we start to get the tech now you know we start to like stretch beyond the limits of earth for the first time i mean i i'm gonna miss that in my life but god i would love to be alive for that i mean i would love for that new age of exploration to begin and i can only hope that it's positive and it's not something like oh hey we killed our earth so we gotta leave like wally Although I uh, ultimately think it will be like that. You know, I do think there's this, with all the positives that come from, and the eagerness that comes from exploration, there's also the side that says, hey, look how much stuff we can get out here. You have games like Dead Space with planet cracker ships, you know, ships that go literally tear huge chunks out of planet for raw materials. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to take that. You know, so. Because the earth is just, completely yeah, taken we, at this point you know so i even though i do think it's leaning negative i hope i hope that it becomes something more positive and something that yeah. we as humans can rally around and you know i think there's something very and i'm sorry jack i know i'm going on here but i think there's something very i don't know very beautiful about you know humans being able to look at each other and say Listen, we have no idea if there's other life out there. I mean, we don't. And But if that's the case, how important does that make us as humans? You know what I mean? Like answering those types of questions and saying like, you know, we can't. I mean, are we going to be the ones? Are we going to be the first civilization that does this? Or are there other civilizations out there that are already spacefaring? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? And that's, oh, God. Yeah, I mean. It all plays into just very inspiring. Space is definitely one of the most fascinating things I think that, you know, mankind will ever, um, hopefully, like, you know, traverse. Yeah, once we figure out how to effectively. Uh, And I I really do think that by the time, Charlie, you and I are, like, in our 80s, hopefully in our 80s, you know, we'll be, all right, so how do you, do you want your coffin, um, buried on earth or do you want to bury it on another planet you know what i mean right like that'd be that'd be pretty cool or just you know 
just being able to visit space one time, I think in our lifetime is plausible. I think it just, we got to wait and see how it all pans out and how much it's going to cost. But one thing that got me into space, like from a very early age is I don't remember where I first saw it, but the, uh, the pillars of creation, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like the, the star, star birthing clouds. Yeah. It's basically the, yeah. these two, it almost looks like a gateway light yeah. years and light years beyond you know and so the light years big like yeah and it's just one of those yeah. things where when you realize how big that stuff is how far it is you also realize you can't comprehend how yeah. big and how far away it is they're just like yeah i know it's that far sure oh i know it's that big sure but i could not comprehend even if i saw it in person you know it it looks like I don't know. It's like imagine taking Earth, making it, <laughs> making it flat. But like I'm seeing, like you know, uh, you know, like vertically. So like you're trying to look right, up and yeah. down, and you're like, yeah. you you can't because it just stretches beyond the point of view that you can even you know perceive. Mm-hmm. Imagine that by the times that by like thousands, you know, millions. Exactly. That's how big some of this stuff yeah. is, and so it's. I don't know. It is. I think it'd almost break your mind a little bit to actually see some of this stuff. But learning about it and hearing about it and just the fact that it's out there and that we're getting pictures of this kind of stuff now is very incredible. So, I mean, there's like a there's like an old video. I think it's like of a Russian probe that was sent to Venus. And you hear and it captures like the first audio that's ever been heard from Venus. Mm -hmm. And it's just desolate wind of just you hear these like booming things of thunder and you're like it's just yeah. wild and like the idea that like there are whole planets whole planets that like we could explore and i mean unfortunately it looks like you know for us a lot of the planets are very kind of samey like it looks like mars is pretty yeah, much, it's like no man's sky you know but at the same time like that's amazing like it's just incredible yeah anyways that's one of mine so jack if you want to go ahead and move into your yeah, so last one or some honorable mentions you can squeeze well, those, but I feel like I'm in hog and time here, so well, <laughs> go I, for I, it. I, I have two more. Oh, go for it. Because you you talked, I talked about Ellie. You talked about the maps, and then you talked about this one, right? Oh, for some reason I thought you only had one left, and I was like, no. oh man, I need to catch up. Hi, Ellie. Go ahead and talk about your last two, my friend. So this one, um, I wrote first. I wrote down our dad, but then I was just like, I want to also brought it to family, and so. Yeah. Um, I think you and I both know our dad obviously has been a very huge influence in our life and we've mentioned him many, many times on this podcast. He's, he's one who kind of brought us Lord of the Rings, uh, Narnia, Fallout, Fallout all like he got us into video games. He got us into board games. Um, you know, these Dungeons fantasy books, Conan, Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. there was a couple of nights. Star Wars. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he stopped after a while, but he was reading us, uh, what was it, Battlefield Earth? Which, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, the author, I think, was, uh, what was he, a Scientologist or something? Or Oh, he's the creator, L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah, he's a creator. Horrible, like, horrible man. Yeah, I remember that book being like, what is this book? It like, right. It's way too long. At the time, way too convoluted. But I just remember him reading these books to us, and so these you know, tomes. <laughs> it's just so you know. I'm so thankful to have uh, 
a father that was not only so like out there with all these things he showed us, but also very down to earth and very uh, supportive uh, of me. And I know initially, I don't want to speak for you, Troy, but I know initially he's kind of like, try writing, it's not going to get you anything in college, but um, he's been very supportive of, you know, personally, like of me and just all the trials and tribulations I've gone through. Uh, he's kind of always been there for me. And even though we don't see eye to eye on everything, uh, you know, when it comes down to us just like talking or hanging out as a family or us sharing music or anything like that, it's, you know, I'm so grateful to have him in my life and him being such a good, I think, role model uh, to just be like a good person, you know. And I also yeah. have to attribute that to our family, like in our, our mom, you know, basically, you know, in a lot of cases, holding everything together, being like this amazing super mom, somehow watching five kids at a time, six kids at a time, you know, and just both of both of them opening their hearts and their arms out to like all of our friends uh, and be like, hey, like, hey, if you need a place to stay, a place to come eat, like come to our house. You know what I mean? That's and that's something that's very much inspired me to like do the same. Like if, if a friend is like, hey, Jack, like. I don't know, I've been kicked out or I can't do this. Like, I'd be like, hey, you can come stay here. You know what I mean? You know, we got some food. Like, I'll do all I can to be as supportive as I can. And I think it also shows just in our family how strong our family structure is and our bond is through all that we've been through. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, our sister, Lily, is probably like one one of the most amazing women that I know. Uh, You know, super gung-ho, is very you know, strong-willed, uh, just an amazing person all around. We also have, like, our family wizard, Henry, who looks, un- like, him <laughs> and Uncle was, yeah. him and Uncle yeah. Matt look so alike now. It's actually kind of crazy. But, you know, he, it's just crazy how we're all so different, but yet when you get us together, we're all so alike. And just the bond mm-hmm. that we have, especially as I get older and I just become more, aware of the world and aware of how families can be. Um, I'm just so thankful that we have the structure and that's inspired me to just try to spread that goodwill and just spread, you know, positivity as much as I can. Cause that's kind of what I got from our family is that through no matter what, at the end of the day, you're still here. It's going to be okay. So like do what you can, you know, to make things good to make things better or whatever you know what i mean so right and right. I mean, you know big shout out again you know i got i said family I'd also try to you george and sam i'm trying to mention everyone by name so no one feels left out but uh try like just doing this podcast with you it also inspires me to you know do more not only just in the space of the podcast but to like oh like some guy named clumsy titans doing the music now so it's like well i need to make a and they work on a new track for the next chapter. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> right, I need to like right, yeah. get better at like uh, artwork in like design to make new logos or like stuff that goes on shirts or whatever. Or you know, so you know, I just I'm so grateful that I have a lot of role models to look to for so many different things. And even again, Henry George and Sam, even though they're young, they're younger, I still look up to them in different ways. You know, because. I'm not gonna say I look down to them because they're all taller than me now. But you know, it's kind of weird being the shortest brother, even though I'm six one. So it's uh, right, yeah. 
so I, I look look I look up to all the members of our family in in different very personal ways. So yeah. those are my one. No. And if I can, totally if I agree. you got one more, right? You got one. Okay, more. so I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna continue on as long as people don't mind hearing me talk. Um, I mean, I'll hope not this far into the podcast, right? Uh, this one is kind Ooh. of a continuation. Is a uh, just seeing friends grow and hopefully doing what they are passionate about doing. Um, you know, I have my good friend Jack Henry, who's also a patron, who's also been on the podcast. Um, which I speaking of which, try we need to have him on for the next episode because he wants to do Spirited Away, so we need to do that. Mm. Or House Moving Castle, God, whichever one. Spirited Away. Um, God, it's both good. <laughs> so, hi Jack, how you doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, you know, he and I worked on a lot of videos in the past, and I just I remember him being one of the biggest inspirations for me to not just make funny videos, but also kind of look more critically. And at the production aspect of creating movies and stuff, because he took that stuff, he could have fun with it, but he also took it very seriously. And, you know, when we shot the house, that was the first time that he like he had a budget. We had sets, you know, that kind of stuff. We went looking for sets and, you know, different locations. And so it was a really, um, you know, he inspired me in a lot of aspects to, you know, look at things more creatively and to really kind of. You know, he he just has this passion for film that is really hard to find, I feel like. And just getting his input on films, on scripts, on even like, you know, writings, books or whatever. It, it's always very, you know, it's a very uh, good conversation to have with him. So if you guys are ever curious, he's got really good opinions on a lot of films because he's he's a good critic he really is um mm. also have my friend geo who's pursuing music uh he and i don't talk as so much anymore but you know we're still hi ellie we're still you know friends uh i wish we talked more and so i just gotta reach out but he's also gotta reach out too anyways he is in a band rose gold and you know they're making they're releasing mm-hmm. a new album mm-hmm. this year uh and it was one of those things that when he first got into rose gold he and i were kind of on some thin ice for a little bit uh because we kind of had a bit of a rocky past uh after we kind of got out of high school and stuff but uh we we moved past that now i am very much trying to live my life without any grudges i don't hold grudges and uh after kind of giving his music a fair shake and not having that kind of bias their stuff's really good like it's just really good music uh all the members of the band are actually like super talented and he does the vocals and it's just going back and knowing what I know about him in those humble beginnings to where we would, he filmed a uh, uh, playing the bass for a band. Do you remember shooting this, Charlie, in in our bedroom? Yeah, it was I a, a bass yeah. cover of a song for a band he was trying to get into. Uh, just going from there to him being, you know, basically the front man of a band, and they're releasing uh, an album soon is it's quite incredible actually and listening to their stuff like it's just it is. it's that's awesome it's it's very cool you know and i have a buddy uh hap who is now like he's a teacher and he's gone through you know he completed college graduated you know and he kind of was like oh, do i want to be like a game designer do i want to do this and this and i think he's kind of finding his calling and it's it's kind of 
unreal to me that he was the one who got married first. But I, I'm right. still like so happy for him. I was able to attend the wedding, all that kind of stuff, and you know, just seeing these friends I've known since late middle school, high school, all that kind of stuff is it's very, you know, it's not only inspiring but very heartwarming to see them grow and kind of become like adults. And I'm not, I'm saying that like I'm you know like their parent or something, but just you know. They're like my, you know, in a sense, like a second family. And so it's always very um, good to see them growing and doing things that they love doing or, you know, just living their life. I'm glad that, you know, I'm so lucky to have all my friends still here. You know what I mean? So I agree. I agree. Especially, you know, it's it's funny for me because like I have definitely made friends and especially in college, but I tend to be not the greatest about keeping up communication and so I don't think I've lost yeah, a lot I'm of friends, but a lot, a lot of the friendships I've had have been like tied to parts of my life and then, you know, things change or move on. And so it's really awesome to hear that because like, that's something I don't necessarily have. What makes it sad? It's like, yeah, I do have friends, but like, <laughs> you know sorry. what I mean? Like I just, you in, know, in, I, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have friends like that. You know, I'm. I'm very much an isolated person just because that's just, I think kind of who I am, but you know, that's definitely. That's yeah. A good one. I really like that one, Jack. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many more names I can mention, but just for the sake of time, uh, you know, keep it a little concise, but right. yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for a lot of people I have in my life. I, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Quick shout out to Laura for sticking with me through thin and thin, you know, through thin and thin. <laughs> Who, uh, did I not say thick? Maybe I said... No, you said I mean, thin and thin. Well, <laughs> through thick and thin, she's kind of been with me. And thin very and supportive. And, you know, with her, like, I think I've grown up a lot. And still learning, like, all the time. You know, just... Because right. being in a very adult relationship, especially when you have a child, is it is difficult. It has its trials and things that you need to overcome. But I'm very thankful that, you know, we have each other. So... Yeah. Actually, Jack. I had to mention her because she's right here. So she'd be like, why don't you talk <laughs> about me? Jack. Another side. Another story. You get an open. You just spend a long time completing something. You want to see what all your hard work leads up to. The credits roll. The title pops up. Another side, another story. What's this? This is, you know, what? 13, 14 year old Charlie cuts to a rainy, dark city. There's neon. Everything has kind of a strange design and just a man walking down this rainy, really, really beautifully rendered CGI city wearing a black cloak. Comes up to a tower. You see some familiar screens on the tower. He looks up and there's another familiar character, but this character is blindfolded now. Of course, there are some people out there who immediately know what I'm talking about. There's some people who don't. I'm talking about the secret movies for Kingdom Hearts. This is probably Michael's the closest. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the closest I'll ever get to having a Kingdom Hearts topic. Kingdom Hearts, of course, I've talked about it so much, and it's one of those ones that hasn't had a topic yet, and it's probably never going to get one because I don't know how much I want to do it. But no, I'm just kidding. We'll do one eventually. Maybe we can have George on for that. Because he'll be like, oh, I don't know it very well, but yet he played yeah. it so, so much. So while 
the secret movies themselves, I, it's kind of a vague thing. I have to give them credit for kind of igniting that spark of storytelling in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it because what, and I think what is I have to say about these is that, so, you know, Kingdom Hearts as a game is very much just like a melodramatic anime. And there are a couple standout points, and usually those points have nothing to do with the Disney integration for me. So in the first game, you're looking at like Hollow Bastion. You know what I mean? You're looking at these places that were designed specifically for the world. Second game, you're looking at the world that never was. Third game, you're not looking at anything because the third game doesn't have anything like that. You're looking at, you know, Chain of Memories. You know what I mean? So there was like this through line through a lot of Kingdom Hearts because it's funny like every time I say like oh man I yeah I was initially inspired by Kingdom Hearts I think people think they're going to be reading a very light story a very funny anime-ish story but ultimately it was these like very specific things from the game that ignited this thing in me where I was like oh I like that one thing and I want to tell a story that's like that one thing. And so I would just take it and run with it. And that's where a lot of my like initial ideas came from. I don't think nowadays you could read like the book I wrote and say, oh, hey, you were based off this, was it? And I'd be like, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody could do that just because even if somebody loved Kingdom Hearts, but it's there. And I have to mention it because I even went back and watched the secret movie recently and it, God, it's so good. Like there's something about it that really, really captures. It's like when I watch, you know, it's like when I watched uh, Blade Runner 2049 and there's these like very big sweeping shots of the city and the mm-hmm. land and what the world is like. And I'm like right there. That is exactly something I want to do. Yeah. And it's very much that way for the kingdom Hearts secret movies. And so I had to bring them up as kind of a funny last one, because while ultimately I think I've moved on with like mythology and the edge of the map and space and, you know, weather stuff. I mean, like all that stuff I think is more inspiring to me now. I have to give a big shout out to like that initial spark. I mean that, that if you want to talk about everything we just talked about, I mean the mythology of that moment, the rainy city, the questions you have about the unknown, about why. I mean, it was all there. And so got to give a shout out to that. But Jack, that's the last one I got. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're about to wrap up here, but I should do some honorable mentions. Uh, oh, they're, like, it, they're much smaller in scale. Uh, and they're, they're video game stuff, but I love in video games when they have attention to detail. Um, again, I'm... Do we, we got to do an episode on Tarkov is all I'm going to say. But um, I live in Tarkov, Tarkov when you can, you know, you can check the magazine. Your guy like looks at it. Oh, there's about 15 shots in the magazine. You don't know how many there are, but there's about that much, you know, and like, or you can ching, like pop a bullet out of the chamber and like take the mag out and change, you know, ammo and stuff like that. And, you know, you can wear like headphones, like just little details in games that kind of make them more immersive. I am always a huge fan of. You have games like, uh, what's it called hunt showdown they you, you use like old older weapons and so you shoot like your musket mm. and then your guy has to like reload it and it takes a long <laughs> time but it is it makes it so much more valuable that you don't miss the shot you know what i mean 
or you have like the revolver like the immersion factor of it yeah exactly and so you go oh god no and you got you know and, and it makes you like yeah if you so if you're in that like a role of a long shot guy a sniper guy you need to like know that my shots really matter you know what i mean and so right just immersion in games is something that i also take small inspirations from in in saying like if i were ever to do that myself i would be like i'm paying homage to this because this is kind of where i got this from like oh like you can yeah check this out check that do this or you know you have to do this to do that and i don't know i like stuff like that so that's one thing mm-hmm. that cre- uh, inspires me creatively and then you also got tons of music you know i'm sure you can write in some ways like music is universal for everybody and so it's kind of all the times i'm like man i want to make songs one day that are like lord of the lost very like full and you know dark symphonic or heavy but then i'm also like but i also want to make music that's like you know daft punk's album homework and it's you know it's, mm-hmm. so it's just the way the different ways that you can be inspired by such different genres is always very cool and something i think about a lot so i don't know, yeah. if, I don't know if you got any but or if you want to wrap us up make sure you throw out all you the know beats. i have a bunch man like no, there, there's a bunch I can mention, but I think... Dude, we'll just do a part two. I will save them. I'll save them for another episode because, yeah, like, I could easily come up with, God, probably another ten things. Like, I mean, books and movies. And, I mean, there are, I mean, certain atmospheres. I mean, we can even, like, narrow it down to, like, oh, like, the interior of a room during a certain time of day, how there's a certain magic about that. I mean... Certain smells. So, I we definitely... Yeah, we definitely could move this into like another total episode about inspirations too, which might be the door that we open. Yeah, I mean, with this first dude, one, this episode is but, all about I opening mean, doors. You know, so hopefully we didn't close any. Right. <laughs> that was a very but Jack, forced that's all... laugh. <laughs> that was like, oh. <laughs> anyways, Laura talks about how there's anyways. that white guy laugh when like something isn't funny but they laugh super hard at it it's like anyways that's what i told my <laughs> wife ha! that's a good one that's a better one going ha! and you're like what well, there's that's nothing so nothing funny was said <laughs> but jack that is all i have so unless you want to throw in anything in this last minute I'll go ahead and uh, wrap it, wrap us up. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and tie a bow on this chapter of the Rack and Through. I was going to say, um, YouTube videos are coming out. We're starting with chapter four videos going to YouTube first, um, and then eventually mm-hmm. we're starting a backlog. The next, starting next week, those videos will be going up, um, and then Patreon, uh, patrons, patroners, patroneers, they have access to the Discord server. So if you are, yeah. Subscribe to us at any tier. You have access to that server. So please come join, talk on the server. Uh, we will do our best to kind of be active in there as much as we can with either updates or whatever. So, and also subscribe. We're getting close to actually being able to afford some new equipment. So, you know, mm-hmm. could be some mm-hmm. stuff coming in the next chapter. You never know. Yeah. Anyways, all very exciting stuff. Throwing it to you, Charlie. Everyone, thank you for joining the Raconteur Collection for Chapter 4, Episode 4, Inspirations. If you like 
what we do over here at the Raconteur Collection. You can support us on Patreon, and I would implore you, give you a crisp $5 bill. Give us a follow on Spotify. Tell your friends about us. If you like what we do here and you want us to be able to keep doing it, of course, Jack and I will always keep doing it because we like doing it. But, oh, yeah. That was exactly. the other thing. Please exactly follow what on Spotify. Said. We need, yeah, we need to reach out and, you know, reach out to your friends. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those share yes, links. Please, please, Anything please. you can do is so helpful. And those people that have already supported us and have already, you know, posted about us, I mean, like, thank you so much. It it still blows my mind that people do care and people listen to like uh, hours of us just talking about stuff. I mean, that's amazing. And what I would love is to bring, you know, more people on more people, more guests, more of a community to where we can all just like hang out and have a place to where we can share things that inspire us and talk about nerd stuff or talk about serious stuff. I mean, everything is on the table and I want everybody to feel welcome. Definitely. But no, yeah, I just want to say I know we didn't get into um, fan feedback, but uh, we will address. We didn't get a ton for the last episode, but we did get some from like Lily and stuff like that. And so I would like to address those next episode Um, or even, you know, we could do fan feedback Fridays. (laughs) Just like a little 15 minute (laughs) episode or something. You never know. We'll we'll think of ways to give Uh, back to you guys more about fan feedback Fridays. It's long, but also it's the triple F. What's that called again? <laughs> it, it's a certain type of writing. Like alliteration? Is, it a, is that what you're trying to say? Alliteration, where it's, it starts with the same yeah. letter. Fan Feedback Fridays. Yeah. Hmm. But everyone, that has been Chapter 4, Episode 4 of the Raconteur Collection. As you know, we're giving Tyler Cunningham a break. He's currently taking well-deserved rest in the tavern. And so we have Clumsy Titan providing the intro and outro music for us. Clumsy Titan, take it away. Whisk us away. I'm being whisked. In the Star Trek teleport sound. And then you send in the electronic. You know. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. All right, All right everybody. Bye. Bye.